Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. This whole Bacon 45 thing. Why don't we start right there? When this whole Bacon 45 thing started, I really was not saying that the dude was cooked. Bacon 45. That was a result of why this guy came back from an 11-day camp absence looking like Hollow Man. But now I will say, eight games into this season, it is pretty undeniable that Tom Brady looks completely fried. Now it's more like crispy bacon 45, burnt bacon 45, charred bacon 45, expired bacon 45, nasty ass microwave bacon 45. And I hate to say this, but I really hope that the other half of his face is stashed somewhere safe, an offshore account, in a shoebox underground, in a vault, wherever he's hiding it. Because if not, his wife apparently is going to get it. As if things were not going badly enough for Bacon, divorce documents have apparently been formally filed today. So it looks like it's pretty much official. Consider that a divorce. Consider that a divorce. Obviously, I'll get to that in a minute. I'm not looking to pile on a man's uh, personal life at all. But in terms of football, it's bad. It's really bad. It's not just Brady. The entire offense is horrendous. Again, they had a couple of decent drives last night. And then they drove themselves right off a cliff for the rest of the game. At one point last night... The Bucks punted on five straight possessions, and three of those were three and outs. They were bad. I mean, really bad. We knew they couldn't rush the football coming in, and then they couldn't last night. They rushed for only 44 yards. They were out-possessed by nearly 17 minutes. They may have only lost by five in the end, but everybody who watched that game knows that game was not nearly as close as that. These so-called suckaneers. Got their asses handed to them. And you saw an offense that looked even bleaker than burnt bacon's face. But don't take it from me. I'm not here to pile on. Take it from the burnt goat himself. He was asked afterwards, like, what's the biggest problem? Where do you start? How would you address this? What are the problems? And his answer response or answer to that was essentially. Well, yes. You know, I think we've struggled pretty much at everything. You know, we just struggle in the red area, struggle in third down, struggle in the run game, uh, two-point plays, um, short yardage, and backed up, and start first quarter, start of the third quarter. Not very good offense football. That's a hell of a list. That's a bucket list right there. My man's just checking boxes. Red area, check. Third down, check. Run game, check. Two-point plays, check. Short yardage, check. Backed up, check. Start of the first quarter, check. Start of the third quarter, check. Not very good offensive football, check. Check, check. Other than all that, I thought they looked pretty damn good. Then again, all of that is how you start a season three and five. All of that is how you lose three in a row. All of that is how you lose five of six. And all of that is brand new to Burnt Bacon 45. 
is now burnt bacon, 45, is now two games under 500 for the first time in his entire 23-year career. Now, I'm going to stop right there. That's a pretty amazing statement. That dude has never been two games under 500. He also has not had a three-game losing streak since 2002. Since Lamar Jackson, Jackson was five years old. All of this is new to Burt Bacon 45, and it all sucks. The only hope for them was their defense, which not that long ago was actually very well respected, but not lately, and certainly not last night. And then on top of that, it got even worse. Like, it already was horrible. He just broke it down. He broke down all the issues they had, and every issue was pretty much every aspect of playing football. And then somehow it got worse. Because on top of all of that, after the game, Ian Rappaport tweeted, quote, Bucks star pass rusher Shaq Barrett is feared to have suffered a torn Achilles based on the initial exam, source said. Coach Todd Bowles said it doesn't look good. He'll have an MRI tomorrow. End of quote. That is absolutely brutal. That is brutal. Hate that for him and brutal for them. The last thing they needed to hear. The Bucks basically choked down two L's in the end last night. However, at least Chard Bacon, 45, got to make some history. He broke the record for most times sacked in the NFL. For his career, he's now been sacked 555 times. Pretty amazing, right? When you consider nobody gets it out faster than this guy. I mean, I know the guy can barely walk and chew gum at the same time these days. But my man has always gotten it out so fast. But if you play long enough, you're going to end up with a record like that, right? So I'm sure that Brady, when it was done, was like, move over, Big Ben. Ben Roethlisberger. Move over, Big Ben. No, I'm not talking about the sack record. I mean, move over on the couch. Make some room for me because that's where my ass is going to be in about three months. If not three weeks, if not three days, if not three hours, if not this segment. It was that bad. I mean, that was just the kind of night for burnt bacon 45. Now, I would say it was pretty much the opposite of that kind of night for Lamar Jackson. Now, he did look a little bacon 45-ish early on. But my man was straight up cooking in the second half. In the final two quarters last night, last night, Lamar was 8 of 8, 94 yards passing, 42 yards rushing, a couple of TDs, and a nearly perfect passer rating. In other words, he took a nice step toward getting back some of that paper he had seemingly lost the last few weeks. Obviously. Obviously, he felt that way because he went viral afterwards when he found a sign that read, Ravens, number 8, pay him now. Paper. So naturally, he signed that sign and held it up for the cameras. Look, I'm not going to say Lamar is having an Aaron Judge-level contract here. He's not humiliating the franchise that low-balled him before the season. Every single time he gets under center, the way Judge did the Yankees, every single time he picked up a bat. Lamar's not doing that. But as we always, a baseball bat. I'm telling you, I, I have JT. I thought that I would never get it. I thought I was vaxxed for it. I have it. Anyway, we talk about it on this show all the time. 
You either have a franchise quarterback or you don't. And if you don't, you better get one. And if you do, you better pay him. And Lamar is not the only one in that locker room with swagger. My, my point is they have one. They're going to have to pay him, and they will. But he's not the only one with swagger. No, 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 no. In fact, he might not even be the one with the most swagger. No, no, no. Even better, the one with the most swagger in that locker room may, in fact, be their kicker. Yes, I said it. Now, granted, Justin Tucker is not just any kicker. Justin Tucker might be the best kicker ever. However, he went next level with it when he clowned the hell out of Cringerus Wilson. What are we doing on the plane ride back home? I heard I heard Lamar's leading us in high knees. Ravens flock, let's fly. <laughs> Unlimited. Uh, but we gotta play him. We respect him. Yes, we yes. We like him. Whoa. Yeah, I could tell how much respect and like there was there. Tucker, my man. Straight bleeping fire. Alvi, can I hear that one more time, please? What are we doing on the plane ride back home? I heard we're, I heard Lamar's leading us in high knees. Ravens flock, let's fly. Oh <laughs> Unlimited. Oh, man. But we got to play him. We respect him. Yes, yes. We like him. Ravens flock. Let's fly. I heard on the plane ride back, Lamar is going to lead us in some knee highs. Wow. Broncos country. Let's flock. Broncos country. So Tucker hints at a pretty big point, though. If Captain Cringe can get 245 mil and 165 of that is guaranteed, imagine the bag. Lamar is entitled to. You want to talk about eating L's. Brutal week for Russ. You know it's bad when you're getting clowned by a kicker. Granted, the greatest kicker of all time. Or your own kicker. Have you ever experienced the flavor of actual live fire cooking? We're not talking about a fire pit in the backyard. This is about the big green egg, the ultimate cooking experience. I know you know about it because the second I got mine and I started talking about it, people were rushing up on me like they knew. They wanted to talk about it. It's because the egg is the most versatile grill you're ever going to own. I'm telling you, you can grill, roast, smoke, sear, and even bake. Yes, try a pizza on the egg. It will amaze you. It works. It's incredible. So stop wasting money on grills that you have to replace every few years. We've all been there. We've done that. It gets old. Forget the pellets and the knockoffs, too. Listen to me. Roll with an authentic big green egg. It is a ceramic marvel. It's backed by a lifetime warranty. That's right, a lifetime warranty. It is simple to light. It is easy to use. It works without a power source. You don't have to plug anything in. So with the playoffs and the holidays approaching, you cannot beat a smoked turkey on an egg. How cool is that? And it makes a great gift. And they've got two models that are perfect for tailgating. The best part is you can have it delivered right to your house for free from a local dealer in your community. That's right. Shop online at BigGreenEgg.com. Have it delivered to your house for free. That's how I did it. It was an awesome experience. That's BigGreenEgg.com. And yes, you will thank me later. But not good when it's somebody else's kicker. No matter what the context. You don't believe me? Ask Pinky. Here we are. I'm out of my third Pro Bowl. We're talking about our idiot kicker, 
who got liquored up and ran his mouth off. So what has the sports world come to? And we're talking about idiot kickers. He has ruined kickers for life. Akers and Vinatieri, these guys are great guys. They've been getting killed all week because our idiot ran his mouth. So when I get home, I'll deal with it. Tony and I talked about it. It's kind of funny, really, when you think about it. If he is still a teammate, we'll deal with it. You know, that remains to be seen. But the sad thing is, Lynn, he's a good kicker. He's a good kicker, but he's an idiot. Still one of the greatest NFL clips ever. No matter what kind of work Pinky does on the Manning cast, and it's a really good product, that show, it will never compare to that. That's an active player, an active quarterback saying, if that guy is still a teammate. Like, he just went GM. He just went GM, head coach, owner, all rolled into one. I'll let you know, Lynn, if that idiot over there is still a teammate when we get back. I'll handle that idiot when I get back. That clip ages so well. But let me tell you about Tucker. Tucker lighting up a quarterback like that. A kicker. Granted, the best kicker ever. An amazing player. Not an amazing kicker. An amazing player, honestly. But that guy lighting up somebody else's franchise quarterback. Uh, future Hall of Famer. $145 million quarterback. This guy's swerving out of his lane to get him. That's not an idiot on Twitter. That's not some moron calling this show. That's a Hall of Fame kicker swerving out of his line lane to mock and clown a QB1 on another team. Ravens flock, let's fly. Incredible. Ravens flock, let's fly. I mean, that really is an amazing thing. And the thing is, you want to know how cringe Russ is? Every single player in the league would take the kicker's side. What could a kicker say or do that everybody would say, hell yeah, hell yeah, that? That's how cringy Russ is right now. A kicker clowned him, and everybody agrees. My man, you better ball out, Russ. You best not lose to Jacksonville in London after letting us know how hard you rehabbed on that flight. Wow. Anyway, back to, that's incredible. It really is. Back to Pinky's old rival, Burnt Bacon 45. Check that. Charred, burnt, expired, microwavable Bacon 45. Look, it was going to happen. It was going to happen eventually. Father Time is undefeated. Father Time is unchallenged. If anything, this has been the most competitive opponent that Father Time has ever squared off against. But Papa Clocks was always going to win. That's reality. The one thing that I cannot get behind is any of this conspiracy talk. You may have, you may have seen that before the game. The conspiracy that his wife was cursing him, or there was some sort of dark witchcraft, or a hexy poo. Hexy poo, hexy poo, I put a hex on you. <laughs> like Giselle was doing that, hexy poo, hexy poo. Hexy poo, hexy poo. I put a hex on you. You know, nonsense like that. Like, I can't believe I have to say this. Yesterday, and, and I like a good conspiracy theory. Notice I said a good conspiracy theory. Yesterday, it was the Mac... Skycam wire conspiracy. Today it's the Brady is cursed conspiracy. Yeah, well, that's not true because, again, going back to what I mentioned earlier, the report dropped that the divorce papers have been filed. 
In other words, forget about hexy-poo, hexy-poo, I put a hex on you. Hexy-poo, hexy-poo, I put a hex on you. There are conspiracy theories and hexy-poos, and then there's actual divorce. Divorce is not witchcraft. Divorce is not sorcery. That's, we're splitting all of our crap up, and we're going our separate ways. Hopefully. Hopefully. For this guy. And again, I don't get into all that, and I'm not piling on that. That's, you know, that's sad. That's sad for everybody. I just hope that Bakes did not pick football over her and his fam, because now apparently both are in absolute tatters. But again, conspiracy is conspiracy, but divorce is final, and nobody ever said, consider that a conspiracy. Consider that a divorce. Nobody ever said, consider that a conspiracy. Consider that a divorce. Apparently, Giselle just went Arnold on his ass right around the time the Ravens were kicking his ass. Or I'm sure it's been ongoing. That didn't just happen at halftime. It's Again, it just goes to show. Not only is father time undefeated, even more importantly, so is life. Life is undefeated. Life kicks everybody's ass, even the goats. Not piling on. Not gloating. Not rooting for it. I'm just being real. No one, no one gets out of it alive. This dude looked miserable when he came back from ditching his teammates for 11 days in camp. You know why he looked so miserable? Because he was so miserable. It's probably 100 times worse now. He's right. Being 45 can suck. I'm 45 years old, man. There's a lot going on. I, I agree, dude. You know what I would say to you? Give it 10 more years, Bake, and you'll see how much it really sucks. Except I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be that guy. I'm here to help. I'm here to pick you up. I'm here to elevate things. I'm here to lift you up. I'm here to tell you, Bake, head on over to the reinvention project with Jim Rome. Because I was you not long ago, Tommy. Minus the couple hundred mil, and I still had my entire face. But I'm telling you, brother, come on over. Come on over. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. And I did push out a brand new episode this morning. Come on over. 1-800-636-8686. I mean, that's a tough, tough night for him. And a tough, tough night for Russ. And Russ didn't even play. You got a kicker piling on Russ. An active player in the league, not on his team, clowning the hell out of him. Clones, what do we want when we're craving protein or we need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. No, we want beef, pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your father's jerky, shriveled, dry, and tasteless. Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. So it's tender and it's tasty. It's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein, and it comes in four amazing flavors that satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest that goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? 
Josh Heupel. Josh, it's so good to have you back. How are you? Hey, awesome to be on the show. Appreciate you having me on. So good to have you, Josh. I appreciate you. So you stepped into a really challenging situation in January of 2021, yet less than two years later, Josh, you're 7-0. You're ranked third in the nation. The turnaround, frankly, has been breathtaking. Are you yourself at all surprised at how quickly this thing has flipped? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if surprise is the right word. We had a lot of climbing to do to, to get to this point. Uh, the great thing is, uh, you know, inside this building, we've got great coaches who are like-minded. Um, you know, they're willing to compete every single day, but they got great relationships with their kids. And our players, man, just how they've changed in their daily habits and their connection to one another. They truly love being in the building. We have fun. We compete really hard every day together. But uh, it's been a great team to coach. And, and uh, this journey has been fun. You know, we use the phrase, good teams continue to get better throughout the season. These guys have been great in their practice habits, and we've been doing that every week. We are talking to Tennessee head coach Josh Heupel. They've got Kentucky coming up tomorrow. And, Josh, let me put it another way. Surprise might not be the word, but if I were to say to you, when you accepted that job in January of 2021, and I'm going to ask you to do something that you would never, ever do, and that's look beyond the next moment. If I asked you back in January of 2021 that you would be talking to people like me about the possibility of winning a national championship this year, what would you have said? Yeah, probably uh, uh, in reality would have said it was going to probably take uh, some more heavy lifting in, in a few more years. And um, But, this man, this, uh, this ride's been fun. This group has been great. And uh, who they are as people is why we've continued to, to play the way that we have. You know what? I can tell how much you love that group. Let me ask you this. You always hear coaches talk about changing the culture. What was morale like when you arrived, and what was the culture that you were looking to instill? Yeah, uh, truly, you know, they, they had gone through a lot of adversity. Um, obviously, the, the season before wasn't as successful as anybody would have wanted or the expectations here at Tennessee a lot of unknowns for really a month and a half, two months, um, kind of leading up to, to my time of arriving. And through that, you know, we had a lot of kids that had left through the portal. I think close to 30 guys that had gone and, and played somewhere else. Uh, I think like 24, 25 of them were starting at other uh, FBS programs. And, and uh, um, we just, you know, I, and there was a lot of uh, uncertainty. And, and uh, from the moment we got here, the first thing we did is just, started having fun in the building and, and through that was able to, to get a clear message to these guys about what our habits were going to be. It's really amazing. Just this group of individuals, their ability to stick together um, and, uh, you know, change the power T. And, and this is one of the great traditions in college football. Uh, you know, two years ago, we weren't at our highest, uh, but the passion and, and uh, the feeling from our fan base is, is unlike anything. It's uh, really proud of these guys. They, they've, uh, they've changed Tennessee forever. It's amazing. Josh Heibel joining us. It seems to me, and again, I'm on the outside looking in, Josh, but what I'm really impressed with is what you just said. You are having fun. They're having fun. Now, that does not mean that the standard is not the standard. That does not mean that you're not asking for accountability, responsibility, and discipline, but you can have all those things and still have fun. What about the locker room? For instance, how important is it to have leadership inside the locker room? And then what kind of marks would you give this group in that regard? Yeah, the only way you have a championship season is championship leadership from within. Uh, you know, coaches don't change from year to year. And it's, it's the leadership from within the, the locker room and their ability to, to have a, a sense of accountability to, to one another. And, man, we got dynamic leaders. During the off season, we spent every Wednesday really dealing with uh, leadership, communication, expectations uh, within our football team. And 
those leaders really, you know, had opportunities to, to get in front of their groups, in front of their peers, and succeed in communication, you know, fail too, but learn through that process. And by the time we got on the field in spring ball, it, uh, it was just a completely different football team than, than the year before. And at times as a coach, it was hard to go coach a player because, you know, someone at his position was already helping him and, and communicating with him about, you know, what he did right or what he did wrong. And, um, you know, once you have that within your program, man, um, you know, like you said, we're having fun every day. We can have high standards. We can have high expectations. We can have accountability. But you can still absolutely love what you're doing and who you're doing with every single day, and, and this group does. All right, so I have used antiperspirant sticks for years, but what is amazing about Dove Men Dry Spray is that it feels light and clean on your skin, and it's also quick and easy to use, and it's great for topping up when you're on the go. Now, let me ask you this. Do you feel like your antiperspirant keeps you dry all day? Dove Men Plus Care Dry Spray has an instantly drying antiperspirant formula that can help give you a cleaner feel and offers 48, I said 48, 48 hours sweat and odor protection. Dove Men Dry Spray feels light and clean on your skin and it is so quick and easy to use, especially when you're on the go. Also, Dove Men Dry Spray contains... Dove's unique one-quarter moisturizing cream that helps to protect your skin. It leaves your skin feeling comfortable, and it helps to protect it. Win, win, win. Try Dove Men Dry Spray. Goes on dry, clean feel, all day. Tennessee head coach Josh Heupel joining us. So when you talk about leadership, you got to look at Hendon Hooker. Now, I understand he's 24. I understand he's in his sixth year as a senior. Clearly, he's going to be mature. But what has he brought your program since transferring from Virginia Tech, both on and off the field? Yeah, you know, he grew so much in in year one uh, just as a football player. Understanding of offense, what we do, defenses. And, uh, and certainly fundamentally and technique-wise, had made those same strides again this offseason, made another jump in his game. Everybody across the country can see that. In year two, though, being the starter, it's the first time he wasn't really entrenched in, in a quarterback battle during his entire career. Uh, so comfortable in who he is, but now he was able to take his habits, his expectations, his energy, and transcend that through our entire football team every single day. And you see him, you feel him every moment of every day inside of our, our building and certainly on the field. And he's a, a major reason we're playing the way that we are. Josh Heupel joins me for a few more moments, having a great conversation. So you beat Kentucky at their place last season, another great opportunity, but a great challenge coming up this weekend. I'm curious, when you think about that game last year, did that maybe set a tone for the rest of the season for your team last year? Like, how critical was that particular win? Yeah, I, I think there's you know, moments in your program as, as you climb that, that kind of get to you to the, uh, to the next level within your, your program. And, um, you know, last year's uh, ability to go on the road at Kentucky and play the way that we did, come out with a win, it, it was a big moment for our football team. And, uh, you know, last year we were a team that, you know, started out as a team that hoped and then became a team that believed. Uh, this football team expects to win every time that we're on the field. Last year's Kentucky game uh, gave us confidence and momentum, helped uh, entrench the habits that we as a coaching staff and, and from our leaders wanted to have in our building every day. So absolutely, that was a big moment for us. You know, it seems to me, Josh, like you're handling this, obviously, 
with a plum. I mean, you've been here. You've been here as a big-time player, a big-time coach, and you know what to do. They're going to take their lead from you. I can't imagine these players, though, have been in this spot. Now you're third-ranked nationally. You're undefeated. There's incredible hype. There's incredible expectations. So what do you do with that as it relates to the players? For instance, do you want them to lean into that and embrace it, or do you want them to just kind of tune it out and ignore it? What do you do with all these great expectations and hype now? Man, 20 years ago, I might have said to, to myself or, or my teammates, man, ignore the outside noise. That, that's just not reality. One of the things that, that I learned just, you know, from my playing days is uh, it's okay and you should embrace and enjoy uh, the, the moments, man. And, and uh, you know, we as, uh, as a program, when I talk to my team, man, uh, I'm going to tell them, enjoy ball walk, man. That's the most unique thing in sports. Uh, take it in, soak it in. This, these players have, have built this. And, and uh, our fan base is on fire. You know, there'll be 45,000 people there two hours before the game for our ball walk. Uh, it's 102,000 every time we step out on the field. Enjoy running through that tee. Look up in the stands. Enjoy the energy. And, and, uh, and then once the ball is teed up, then, then let's go compete really hard and, and, uh, and reset every single play. But I think it's important that you enjoy those moments along the journey because I think that spurs you on to, to continue the, the climb that we're on. I like that. So one last thought. You mentioned what the atmosphere is going to be like. Let's talk about that for a minute. You had that incredible win over Alabama, and now you're going to play, as you do, in front of 100,000 in Neyland Stadium. What kind of energy are you expecting tomorrow night on a Halloween weekend when the team can break out their dark mode uniforms and go with the black helmets, jerseys, and pants? Yeah, dark mode will be uh, – it's one of our fan favorites for sure. Uh, our, our fans love our traditions, but they've enjoyed some of the new twists that, uh, that we've put on them. Um, I, I kind of said this earlier in the week to our fan base, good teams get better uh, throughout the course of the season. Uh, good good fr- uh, fan bases get better too. So we're expecting the, this to be uh, as electric an atmosphere as we've had inside of Neyland this year. So last thought, Josh, what about Knoxville? They were so hungry. I mean, this is a proud, proud fan base that was so hungry for something good to happen. And obviously you're far exceeding any expectation. What is the vibe like in the community and with the fan base? How excited are they? Yeah, I haven't been out in the community much here in the in the middle of the season, but uh, the the city is on fire. Um, it's orange everywhere. You can feel the pride. Um, you know, the celebration after the Alabama game. You could see the the energy uh, revitalized inside of our program. Uh, you know, Tennessee football is a great sense of pride. You know, for everybody in Knoxville, but across the the state of Tennessee and really Ball Nation uh, across the country. Uh, it's been fun to to see us put it uh, in front of everybody again, the power tee in, in, across the country. And, um, you know, excited about the, ne- the next part of our journey. This one's a big one. And uh, looking forward to going competing tomorrow night with our guys. I think it's amazing. Not only what you've built, but how you play, how you win, the way you carry yourselves. Amazing story. Next opportunity coming up Saturday night. Number 19, Kentucky, comes to Knoxville. Josh, I really appreciate it. I know your schedule. I know you made it a point to come on and help us get this done. So thank you very much for that. Good luck this weekend and great to get caught up. I appreciate it. Always great being on your show. This message is sponsored by Discover. Did you know you could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails With online privacy protection, the latest innovation from Discover. Discover will help you regularly remove your personal info, like your name and address, from 10 popular people search websites that could sell your data. And they will do it for free. Activate in the Discover app and see terms and learn more at discover.com slash online privacy protection.
We are joined by lineman Jake Matthews. Jake, it is great to have you on. How are you? I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? Good, good. Good to have you, Jake. Thanks. So, week yeah. eight in the NFL, you have enough games under your belt right now, I think, to get a pretty fair evaluation of who and what you are. Obviously, Jake, I'm sure you would tell me it would be great to be undefeated, but you do have the best winning percentage in the division. What do you make of the team and how the season has gone thus far? Yeah, you know, I, I think we've done a lot of good things. There's still a lot to improve on. Um, obviously, looking at what we did last week, not very content with that. So, really excited for the opportunity coming up Sunday. It's a, you know, a good team, a divisional opponent that, um, you know, is a big game for us. So, uh, you know, we've got a good plan. We've been preparing all week and, you know, we're fired up for the challenge. We're talking to Jake Matthews. I mean, there's really nothing you haven't seen since you've been there. Like, when Matt Ryan was traded, you became the Falcons' longest tenured player. I'm curious, what does that feel like? And then what responsibility comes along with that tenure and experience? Yeah, man, it's, it's pretty surreal because uh, there's a lot of times when I feel like I just got here. It's gone by so quick. Um, but, no, man, it's exciting. Um, you know, a little bit more of a leadership role now, which, I, you know, I've come to love, especially in the offensive line room. You know, we got a great group of guys that, you know, want to work hard. We're, you know, unselfish, just, you know, trying to make opportunities for our playmakers. And, um, you know, that, that's something that's helped us this year. And I think it's going to be what we're going to lean on to, you know, have success for the rest of the year. We're talking to Jake Matthews. You know, Jake, as part of that, you decided to stay there and you did a new deal. I'm curious, when your agent came to you and said the team wanted to talk to you about a multi-year extension, I'm curious what your immediate reaction was. Like, did you play kind of close to the vest, or did you know this is exactly where you wanted to be? Yeah, if, I, if I'm being truthful, I, I knew this is where I wanted to be. Um, I, I'm really bought in and love what, you know, Arthur Smith has brought in here and, and the mindset, philosophy behind what we want to be, especially offensively. And, um, yeah, you know, it, it, it's something I take a lot of pride in. You know, we have a emphasis on running the ball, and, um, you know, it's something I think that, if we keep building and getting better at, you know, it's going to just make us an even more formidable team and, you know, someone that uh, other teams are going to want to circle, you know, on their schedules. I was going to ask you about those two very things, Arthur Smith and the team's ability to commit and run the football. I'm a big Arthur Smith guy, you know, for whatever. A, a media knucklehead like I am, but I'm a big Arthur Smith guy. He's a brilliant guy schematically, I think. I love the guy's fire. What is he like for you to play for? He's awesome, man. He um, he's someone you want to do do well for. Um, you know, you got those kind of coaches that, you know, you're playing hard because you want to, you know, do well for them. Like I said, but um, really, just like you said, schematically too. I love his philosophy and the mindset behind how we want to attack defenses and things like that. And and really, just the attitude too. Like you said, running the ball, it, it takes an attitude. It takes all eleven guys. It's not easy to do, but um, you know, when you're successful at it, it can be really lethal so you know that, that's something we're still working on improving and I think it's gonna you know like I said earlier really help us in the long run hey Jake I think that's really interesting what you just said that he's a guy that you want to do well for I would imagine that not every single coach is like that I mean you play for a lot of different reasons right you play for yourself you play for the guy next to you maybe you play for the fans but not everybody wants to do well for a certain head coach what makes him a guy that you'd want to do well for why is he different yeah no I, I think that's true I think really just because how bought in he is, um, how much he supports us and, you know, has our back. Um, you know, when, when your head guys like that, you know, you want to do everything you can to, you know, do well by him because he's, you know, doing such a good job of, you know, taking care of us. And, um, yeah, you know, like I said, that, that was one of the big reasons why I wanted to stay here. And, you know, I really think we're building something 
you know, special here. So, and he, and, you know, Coach Smith is, you know, one of the big reasons behind that. Dawkins lineman Jake Matthews joining us. We talked about his commitment to the run. In case the listeners, Jake, did not see it, in that win over the Browns, he called 14 consecutive running plays. I mean, how much did you and the other fellows on the line thrive on that sequence and a chance to kind of impose yourselves and assert yourselves? Like, I don't, I don't know high school programs that even do some, something like that. Right. Yeah, no, I've been playing for a while now. I've never, geez, including high school and college, I've never been a part of something like that, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, but, man, it's demoralizing when you can, you know, be effective with it. And, um, yeah, you know, I think, I think it just goes to uh, the character and the mindset, like I said, he's bringing in. And um, if you can commit to that, you know, you, you know, worn a defense down and you kind of opened up the entire playbook. And, you know, I think that was a really eye-opening moment for us this season and, you know, something we want to continue doing. Talking to Jake Matthews for a few more moments. You know, in terms of the quarterback situation, I mentioned Matt Ryan. When he was dealt, you became the guy. I'm curious, though, you had to make an adjustment clearly with the offensive line, and you had been blocking for Matt Ryan for so long, who was a traditional drop-back passer, and now you protect a much more mobile quarterback in Marcus Mariota. What was that transition period like, and what's it like to work with him now as a totally different quarterback in style? Yeah, it's a little different. Uh, you know, we move the pocket a little more, and but you know, at the same time, we do. We still have a lot of traditional drop back stuff. But um, man, I would I would say the same thing about Marcus. Like I described, Art. He, he's one of those guys that you you want to do well for. Just a a great teammate. I remember when he first got here, um, he got the line together and you know basically said, "Hey, I really want us to you know go out every week, grab dinner, you know, make it a habit to get to know each other, and you know." really build that relationship and you know I think it's carried over the field and you know just a great dude that you know I've got nothing but good things to say about since he got here so you know we're excited about you know what he's been doing and bringing to the table you know obviously Jake I'm, you know that when you have an interview like this it's going to come up the your amazing football family I said it's like the best football family ever but there's so much football in that family you're the son of a hall of famer your older brother younger brother both NFL offensive linemen not to mention your grandfather your uncle your cousins I mean like everybody in the league all across the board what was it like to grow up in what amounts to be the ultimate football family Man, it, I'd be lying if I said I didn't feel some pressure sometimes. But uh, I bet, no, it, it's been it's been amazing. I, you know, we've really been blessed as a family. Um, just with man, really, the biggest thing you, you see, it, it, it's hard to play for a long time. You know, guys get hurt, stuff like that happens, and we've just been, you know, kind of given the ability, you know, bodies that can take a beating, and um, you know, it's fun though. It, it, I from a young age, I you know, growing up, always watching my dad. Um, I knew what I wanted to do, and when it finally became true, you know, it, it, it was very surreal, but, man, I'm loving it. I love calling him after games and picking his brain. You know, he did it for so long and was so good at really every position that, you know, he's just been a, a fantastic tool for me in my career, and, you know, I couldn't be happier and more so prouder, you know, to call him my dad. See, that is so cool. I love that. And I think it's awesome that even this far into your career, you still call him and talk about games. I think that's absolutely awesome. So one last thought. You're going to take on the Panthers Sunday. Divisional matchups are always intense regardless of record. Carolina's coming off a major upset over the Bucks. What are you expecting from the Carolina defense and the challenges they present? Yeah, they're talented. Um, we've been talking about it all week. They've got you know, a really good front seven and um, you know, they're going to try to stop our run attack and you know, try to get ahead of us. And, but, you know, I think we got a really good plan and we're going to mix it up and, you know, be aggressive and, 
um, you know, take it to them and, you know, keep building that uh, foundation and team identity that we've been kind of talking about this whole time. Jake, I hate to ruin a great conversation or even jeopardize it, but of course you had a great college career at Texas A&M. Things are not going so well right now. What are your thoughts when you look at your alma mater and the way things are playing out there right now? Yeah, you know, I'd love to see him winning. Um, it's funny, I've had a sibling there, uh, and really a younger, younger sibling there for my entire NFL career until this year. So um, it's uh, I'd be lying if I said I was uh, on top of it as much. But, yeah, you know, it, it's frustrating. I want to see him do well, but, you know, I'm sure they'll bounce back. Jake Matthews, Pro Bowler, sixth overall pick back in 2014, Atlanta, hosting Carolina on Sunday. Jake, I appreciate the visit. Great to have a chance to talk to you, man. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. Appreciate you, Jake. So is it me or is it insane that week seven is already in the books? So why don't we start with the bad looks. Mike Evans had the drop of the year in what should have been the easiest walk-in touchdown of the year. Yeah, the pass is bobbled and dropped by Mike Evans. But it sure felt like as soon as that went down, they all shut it down. seen the light go out of us. Oh my goodness. What a start to the game. Get loose, Bacon. He should have bacon in his helmet the entire game. Come on, Bacon. I'm trying to help you here. Do you want my help or not? Kick off your Sunday shoes. Shoot. Might be the best thing for us. Jeffrey Chidihai, is it time now to panic in Green Bay? It's time to panic in week one. <laughs> like they can't catch, can't block, can't defend. Are those important things in football? What <laughs> an amazing moment that must have been for Philly fan. One of the greatest home runs in the history of that franchise. Damn. That was amazing. That was one of those moments. Twitter. Climbing light poles. Horsecraft sandos. That's what's in. Throwing batteries. Drinking whiz cheese. That's what's in. Twitter. Philadelphia. Fairmont. Cobbs Creek. Strawberry Mansion. Chestnut Hill. Four more to go. That's what's what's in. Ouch. That hurt. Carlos Pena joining us. You know what? I'm done predicting baseball. (laughs) On paper, the Houston Astros are still favorites, but the Philadelphia Phillies flying high. Hell, we're up by eight points with three minutes left, and he brings Dress Brick back in. And what happened? I almost threw up. Actually, I did. Unwar people who take drugs, i.e. airport security. Who is the starting quarterback? Yeah, we just finished the game. Yeah, you did just finish the game. The game where you started that one dude, let him play three series, yanked him, and then got blown the hell out. Uh, I'm sorry, what did you say? <laughs> talking to Isaiah McKenzie. Let's bring it like... 150 to almost 200 people to the game. My friends from back home that I grew up with, family. Sophomore deployed. That to me is a good day. That's a win. Hey, hey, whoa. Oh, you just bounced a peanut butter and jelly sandwich off my head. Super crunchy? Excellent. Eat that, HUD. I would. Dude, this, of course the guy that I've been listening to for sports for 30 plus years invented a podcast with that name. And right at the time I needed it, he invented it. Jeff Perlman, my guest. Bojack has to leave the cage briefly. He comes back. Kevin Seitzer jumps in the cage. And Bo's like, it's my turn. And Kevin Seitz was like, you left, man. And finally, Bo Jackson pins Kevin Seitzer by the neck against the wall and has his feet dangling off the ground as he's choking him to death. The guy's eyes were literally bulging out of his head. First time, long time, or second time, first time, or however you want to call it. I called you back in 2015 after the Eskimos won the Great Cup. I dream about coming to LA and sitting down with you for a coffee. I got buzzed, so I haven't called since. I just need a drink of water. Hold on. 
my mouth is really dry. And- ah! Oh, Sean. You're talking to Chris Long. When I'm chasing, I hammered the alt line, and that's the problem. And so it's just. Right. Because in that moment, Jim, I'm not Chris Long, I'm Chase Long. Chase Long. <laughs> and it's almost like you got to fade yourself. We're talking to Chris Mannix. I was watching Yusuf Nurkic not even chase Anthony Davis out on the perimeter. Brickety, brick, brick, brickety, brick, brick, brickety, brick, brick, brickety, brick, brick, with brick, the builder. Realize sometimes you're the hammer and sometimes you're the nail. When you're the hammer, hammer their ass. Man, that must have been some fly. Did he put a medicine ball in the overhead compartment, break it out, twist back and forth with that medicine ball? Did he get those big, thick ropes that you see MMA guys do from the cockpit to the head? I wonder if he put a bunch of cones in the aisle. Let's go right now. Oklahoma drill. Brian Dawkins is my guest. For the life of me, I still don't see how the Giants let that cat out of the building. Come on, are you serious? Also, breaking news. The XR4TI has a Sando. Ike gave them a Sando. I'm 65. The XR4TI has their own Sando. 65 and a half. I didn't drop the Arvalovsky, the guy that ran out of the end zone there. Dude, what did you just call him? Arvalovsky? Is that what you just called him? Arvalovsky? Tennessee head coach Josh Heibel. You know, like he said, we're having fun every day. We can have high standards. We can have high expectations. We can have accountability. But you can still absolutely love what you're doing. And this group does. Get some more hype to Heibel. Holy crap, it's good to be a ball. You're listening to the Lawn Anderson Show starring Lawn Anderson. Even a broken watch is right twice a day. It's okay. Hey, Talk about clutch. Jim, always a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Got lost in the sauce. I've gotten lost in the sauce in this opening segment. Yeah. That's why D linemen don't like quarterbacks. And you've been doing a long time eating your advice. I'm starving. Let's go, Buffalo Romeo. Uh, we just finished the game. Oh no, Russ. Oh no. I appreciate it. Always great being on your show. I think he's still got ten years, ten good. Good night now. I just could not wait to get some more hype to hypo this guy man jim we have been living in the trenches of tennessee for the last 15 years a, a decade and a half of despondency and our savior hypo has come in and saved the day man i mean i, I just like you said i i had almost given up on the program lifelong vol fan but i'm telling you this guy he does it with class and he comes in and he turns the program around in 18 months i cannot say enough about him man thank you for the jungle karma thank you for having him on jim Holy crap, it's good to be a ball. Back him. That's what I was talking about. That's exactly what I was looking for. A ball fan who could tell me what it feels like. What it felt like and what it feels like right now. And that guy just nailed it. The energy, the enthusiasm. Vibes. Man, vibes. Josh Heupel. It's an amazing hire. Good night now.